<laughs> so they're gonna be like, man, he's so good at that. Because right, right now, right away, yeah. No, Straight so this is good. This is good. Ship, right? No, no, no. It, like we're gonna make it seem like you're prying it out of me, so it look, <laughs> so you look like a Dr. Phil. It's good. Yeah, boy. Got a beard and it's looking something fierce. Having beers with my peers and talking rap careers. Reflecting on the years, connecting on the tears. Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears. I'm bringing you fresh music, I'm bringing fresh ideas. I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers. Chilling at the shows and talking about the pain with people who learned how to face it and be sane. Sipping on a brew, doing interviews. No topics off the table, but we focus on breakthroughs. So kick up your feet, we're gonna put it in check. You're listening to Brews, Beards, and Shipwreck. We got the brews, we got the beards. Tasty interviews for your ears to hear. One, two, one, two, a mic check, stone bands, royal ruckus on the scene, just to announce. We got the brews, we got the beards. Tasty interviews for your ears to hear. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited to bring you this new episode with my old friend, Timothy Trudeau. Uh, before we get started, though, I want to let you know a little bit of what's going on with Royal Ruckus. Uh, right now, Mike and I are still promoting the project that we did with DJ Sean P, Royalty Check. We have one more single coming from that in the video. We lost a little bit of footage, and so we're scrambling to do what we can with the video and actually might even shoot some more. I don't know. We'll see, but it's coming. And right on the heels of that is a project we're very excited to share with you that is centered around an old song of ours called He Spread His Arms. And the project is going to be called Unexpected Joy. And we have so many great things to share with you about that. But for now, I just want you to know that it is coming. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy this episode. Well, welcome to this episode of Brews, Beers, and Ship. Thank you. <laughs> I am Jamie Bennett, also known as Chun Jay from Royal Ruckus, and I'm here with. You gotta inter- introduce yourself, man. Tim. Tim. <laughs> Mr. We're here with Mr. Tim. Mr. Tim, tell us about yourself. Ah. <sighs> I, I just turned 40. Nice. Happy birthday. Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. Thank you. I made it. And that's about it. Yeah, boy! Oh, man, honestly, like, it's it's tough to to answer questions like that just because any given day, uh, there's so many different things going on that yeah. um, it's, like, I can't, it's hard to have a singular focus sometimes on what, when someone says, how's life going or yeah. what are you up to? It's like... The only thing I can think of is usually like the last 10 minutes, which yeah. has been us talking. That's um, true. That's true. <laughs> um, so, so far, life is good. We, I've been having a good conversation. Um, it's been kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, nice little drive from Oceanside, because that's what I just got yeah, done doing. Yeah. Um, it's a lovely drive. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, so, yeah. Unless you're stuck in traffic, but I, I don't know. That on the way up, yes. But on the way back, it was, as you know, I got yeah. here fast. You did. So... Yeah. That's awesome. It, yeah. It was impressive. And uh, I don't I don't know where to go with this because, you know, we only got to an hour ago in the yeah. question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, can you talk about what was going on in Oceanside? Um. 
You know what? I was having brunch. Okay. I was doing white people stuff. I was having brunch, uh, and I was meeting with this dude that I just met at a conference, and uh, I, I love that. I actually love that part of what I do, which I can't talk too much about. Okay. But after we can. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I um, I just love that. Like I I met this dude. Uh, at a conference and boom we're eating brunch and, yeah. and it was great so that's one of my favorite things in life is uh, just getting together and and meeting people and hearing yeah. their stories and stuff like that but then not recording it <laughs> right yeah is uh, it running is yeah. it on yeah 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 I, I once heard a story about um, oh do you, you remember Matt G Matt Gilbertson oh yeah um, they serve days yeah he is he he writes, no? I I don't know. I haven't talked to him in like seven years. Wow. But what, the reason I bring him up is he once went to a conference and uh, R.C. Sproul Jr. was there. Cool. And I don't know if I'm making this up or not, but I feel like the story he told was... Yeah, I am making this up. Never mind. He just ran into R.C. in the bathroom. Okay. But in, in, my, in my brain, the story was his microphone was still on. I like that a lot better. But that I think that's from Naked story. Naked Gun. Dang it. I yeah. got it from a movie? Yeah, it's from Naked Gun. Oh. It's hilarious. Well, I like I like RC Jr. doing that in my uh, mind. Yeah, that's way better. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Um, you speak at conferences these days, right? I do, but luckily I've I've not had to wear a Britney Spears mic yet. <laughs> um, it's always like handhelds being passed around or like a podium mic or something like that. Okay. So so luckily, because I think that exact thing would happen to me. Yeah. So I'm glad. Do, do you ever feel like with those handhelds, do you ever look around and make sure nobody's coughing or sneezing that's going to hold that microphone? I don't. You should think about that. Yeah, I don't. I um, I have an incredible immune system, so I don't really Maybe think about why. stuff. Right, and <laughs> it might be. <laughs> but um, it's funny because I do travel with a lot of people that they use their hand sanitizer to like clean off the the tray the, the airplane tray and all that and yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm i'm like what are you doing like i yeah. fly all the time and i'm good i'm yeah. good like i don't yeah. get sick so i think you're i think you need to work on that yeah <laughs> i think i think you might have some anxiety issues i i worry though because I, I i rap a lot again these days and there are like six rappers that get on the microphone at any given that's concert. disgusting I will say that practically shoving it down their throat, you know. I will say that (laughs) the popper stopper in our studio stunk very bad, (laughs) and I remember one time one of the rappers, Gabron, um, (laughs) for some reason, like his lips (laughs) touched the popper stopper, and then they 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 got like really swollen. And so (laughs) I don't know what came of it. I just know like we didn't finish that day. Because his lips were like really big and swollen, wow. and he says it was just from he bumped into the. So you might be onto something <laughs> when <laughs> yeah. you're that close. Yeah, and it smelled awful. I mean, it was always like, look, just go in the booth, don't smell the popper yeah. stopper, and let's go. Definitely had a smelly popper stopper before. Yeah, that's awful. I mean, we had a good ten years worth of. <laughs> stuff going on on it by the time that had happened so some sort of light disinfectant might have been a I think we've seen it a new one yeah but I just, but then at a certain level you're like but this is the one that we did this on right it so, starts being a legacy popper stuff yeah yeah I mean it even had a hole in it but it was like we're not getting a new one 
because it doesn't matter if if a hole is is making it now have noise on the track like we, this is it like this is the one like this one has followed us through everything why would we change it now it's sort of like you know you get a little bit of fame and then what you switch out your popper stopper like that's disrespectful <laughs> i love the loyalty mm -hmm. there's a sense of uh reliquary there did i even say that right uh, yeah. i don't know i like it it's very orthodoxy of you Approximately 1,982 years after the birth of the Messiah I realized that I'ma have to try to spread the truth like butter nice and smooth Thought I was, I then move over to the other brothers Battle, I battle, swipers on point like venomous vipers Constantly in search of a place to engage, release righteous rage Massacre my trap now, flagging in all directions Now watch me take flight, guard your girl from the saliva And they still pass me another mic Cause the remains of this one this is one still, is still. I still will deliver the real You know, we do have our relics in the music world if, you've, if anybody's ever been to Hard Rock Cafe, you know, like you know, there are rock and roll relics. Like hamburgers? No, on the no, walls. Right, no, right, on the right, walls. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I do. do. Do you have any rock and roll relics? Um, I recently hung up our Grammy nominations on the wall, finally. So cool. there's that. And then some, uh, some billboard charting plaques. So I'm excited about that because a good. lot of these I've had. Not all of them, but a lot of them I've had for a long time, sure. sitting in bubble wrap or right. in the closet. And so it felt really good to go to Home Depot and finally hang them. Yeah, yeah. So if that makes it a relic because it's now on the wall and not in bubble wrap, then by all means. All right. Like yeah, it. yeah. I like it. I think that's a, that's a good idea. I, um, way back when at one point, uh, Mike from Little Ruckus, he and I were at... Charlie Peacock's house. Is that guy even real, though? Mike? Yeah. People wonder that. People I only ever that. see you. He's he's also not in many of the music videos yeah. at this point. But he's real. Okay. There are, there, I there just is wondered testimony. if it was like your alter ego <laughs> or something, and you were actually both people. No, no, I'm not I'm not E-Rock and Run 20. No, that's too insider oh. baseball. That's yeah, too that's, baseball. that is. Um, well, what was I, I, I could give you like 16 more names for him, but yeah, but I, we won't do that. Uh, <laughs> I, I do want to hear that backstory. We've got a list of things to talk about off of it. What was I going to say, though, about this is the worst that he's, ever. It's all my fault, too. It, you were going to say that he's a real person? It was before that. Oh, okay. Dang it. <laughs> Titillating podcast here. Well, I don't I, We already... We have failed. We have failed. You there, come closer. We greet you with our, with our arms open wide, find shelter and light. This is the place where you Here in the midst of all that exists, still, we know who you there are. There was warmth and number, find pleasure and slumber. Relax, you're home in the pride. There's a fire in the wind, your desire's unbidden. It's as easy as do as I will. And as you come near, the sky disappears And I promise you won't miss it here Or will you? No fruit off limits or flower forbidden Find freedom to frolic and consume all you want Sleep all you want, don't sleep at all Believe it or not, believe what you want Freedom and thought so easily taught Embrace us today, make our way your way Heed what we say, then leave it to this Our way is the way, it's what natural is Drinking, man. 
That's a that's a good go-to question. Okay, so this is a cold brew, and uh, it's an ice cold. Brew. Yeah, a cold brew from a Coffee Meister. They brew their own beans, and, and then they they make their own cold brew. Um, they do everything that they do. They do their um, make it themselves okay. and stuff. Uh, minus maybe like the packaged chips. Alright, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no they're they bad chip factory. They're they're great. There's two of them in San Diego and it's pretty good stuff. Yeah, definitely. I'm drinking the black coffee. It's it's their bold roast, but it's not like as uh it's not intensely a, smoky as like Starbucks. A Starbucks. Yeah, coffee. it's not like tar. Like La Brea tar pits. Yeah, it's not quite to the tar pits level. Okay. Uh, it's really nice. I like it. Then yeah, if you are a cold brew guy. Uh, I suggest, and this is too much, go get the decaf and just drink it black even. It's it's actually really good. It's not really? bitter at all. It actually is very smooth. Yeah. I love talking about coffee uh, and particularly... I wasn't talking about coffee. Uh, what were you talking about? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You were talking about coffee. I, I was. Now, here's how I figured out that uh, talking about coffee is a winner on this podcast. Yeah. Was Flatline and I did two episodes, one about our history and one about coffee. And you know what got about three times right. the downloads? That makes, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather listen to people talk about coffee than Royal Ruckus circa 1999. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Yoda. That, speaking of, so that's, that's, a good, that's a good place we, we should start. We should talk a little bit about how we got to know each other. You might be better at that. Well, why don't why do I hear your, I, your version? Yeah, so I, I can't wait. I don't have like a like a moment, a specific moment. Okay. Um, well, I do remember several moments. Um, <laughs> I, I would hope you remember some moments. Out I, there. I know that somewhere along the line you were you ended up on the listserv. I know that. Yeah. I know that um, I met you and I think I met you in person for the first time at. Um, the Roxy Theater, if that... That's I think probably that, true. Yeah. Okay. So I yeah. think that was the first in-person, and you were dressed like a super old-school 80s B-boy. Um, and so that stood out. That's pretty good. And then um, and then I remember one time having a, a petty argument over you guys claiming that you were Southern California hip-hop or rap or whatever. Oh, and you're I, on that train, and, huh? And I remember saying, um, I'm, excuse me, but Bakersfield is in Southern California. Oh, that's messed up. But but then I realized that that if you look at California as slices of two, then it is. But in my head, I was thinking that it's northern, central, and southern. It's not unreasonable. Okay. So, but but then I guess I started really realizing that most people just cut it in half. But even if, and not to get into the petty argument again, but even if you cut it into thirds, we still make that. Southern California. Maybe the uh, county, Kern County, but yes. not really Bakersfield, though. Kern County is, well, Bakersfield's right in the heart of Kern County. Well, no, that's why I'm saying, like, the bottom of Kern County might have its toe in. <laughs> but but then where Bakersfield actually ends up, so, like, the grapevine and all that, okay, maybe. But, like, where you end up, like, once you're finally in Bakersfield, I don't think you're in Southern California See, anymore. See, if, if, if you were to make the case that the grapevine was cut off, and like that was the gateway to Southern California. Maybe it's Hungry Valley a, Parkway. I, I think it's just Kern County in South is mm. Southern California. And Wikipedia supports me on this. I promise I didn't edit yeah, that article. Okay, well that's. I didn't edit that one. I actually got banned from Wikipedia at one point. You, which you should, especially based on fault. what you just said. It wasn't my fault. 
but they they called me a uh, a hip hop vandal because apparently somebody was on the same IP. I swear it wasn't me, and they were um, changing like how Biggie died and like Tupac's death date, and they were just like randomly changing stuff. Same IP. It was not me. So is there another person in your house that likes hip hop? <laughs> I think it was probably a Starbucks or a brewery. Or oh, something. oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. Is that the story that you've been going with? Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, my thing is, uh, and, and again, we can just deal with this some other time, but if your epistemology is Wikipedia, then I think I might still have the <laughs> upper hand on whether it's Southern California or not. Wikipedia is a great resource. As Michael Scott put it, everybody can edit it so you know it's reliable. That's a good point. <laughs> Somewhere, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you've you've been uh, you've been involved in a lot of things over the years, but like uh, as you mentioned, so I first encountered you, um, as far as I can recall, through a listserv that you had. And mm-hmm. uh, if anybody is listening to this because they know your name, they might some of them might be familiar with it. Uh, but it was what was it like a. True hip hop, like yeah. a daily email digest. Yeah, so it was a. Uh, it would be like precursor to chat rooms or group yeah. text messages, yeah. and so everyone would send an email to a specific address, and then that address would sort of clean it all up and put out a digest once a day if that's how you liked it, or it would send it out immediately, and then you yeah. would hit if you hit reply to that email. It would go to everyone, so it was a discussion that that was happening. Yeah. And this is before message boards and before chat rooms and and so on. And yeah. so, it was just a great way, I think, to to uh, build community over yeah. a, a particular topic, which this one being Christian hip hop. Um, and it was a lot of fun. And I mean, honestly, like, I built it for me and friends, and it yeah. and then it got up to ten thousand. So. Wow. I think that all that did was show us that that. Uh, me and my friends were onto something in the sense that yeah. Christian and hip hop was something that was exciting, and and a lot of us were. It wasn't just us in San Diego. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, there was people all over the world on it. We had people from yeah other countries, Netherlands, like all over the place that were interested in Christian hip hop. So yeah. it was a fun time. Yeah, and I, I will say um, I made a number of real life friends through that right. uh, from all over the country, and even had a number of house guests over the years yeah. that probably if I really thought about it could trace the connections back to, right. to that group um, even there was one year at, after I moved to Nashville where we had a whole bunch of people and um, probably at least half of the people that stayed with us I think we, we had 15 or 20 people stay with us during GMA week right that was when uh, Soup the Chemist put out his uh, his record yeah and Eregasmic um, arrangements yeah and I mean my goodness I even had people over there that like we kind of had you know internet beef or whatever and we just squashed it because good you know if you're here like what are we doing why do we why are yeah. we upset at each other like oh you 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 fixed it over some vegan sausage yes <laughs> <laughs> yes so I have a question for you you build a, a lot of things you have a lot of business ideas but you seem to be like really oriented towards like bringing community together is that something that drives a lot of what you do or is that just yeah. an accidental byproduct or so yes i like uh business i love it um and i like building things for sure but i think what i was doing was 
um, I sort of was just building what I wanted, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so even you could even consider it selfish. Like, I knew who I was and what I liked and what I wanted and what I wished I had, and then I would just do those things. Yeah. Um, and then, as it turns out, there were other people that felt the same way. So I think um, um, I'm totally a capitalist, so I'm not against money or any of that. But yeah. I would say the best things that I've ever done were usually not motivated by money. Mm. Um, they were just motivated by something that excites me one way or the other. And and yeah, building community, absolutely. Because, um, you know, where I was at in life when I was doing those things, I didn't really have a lot of people that I was around that were maybe doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like I went to a, a church that was probably, might be, Myself and my brother might have been the only people there that were into hip hop. Okay. And so, again, what do you do? Like, if everyone there is listening to Metallica, and you're not, yeah. Um, and you just don't really know how to relate or connect to those people, um, you kind of just go elsewhere. Um, yeah. And again, some of that is unhealthy, um, but some of it isn't, and sure. and some of it builds, you know. And and yeah, it was just, it was a lot of fun, and and I share the sentiment that you just had about. Um, I mean, to this day, um, some of the best relationships I have are still people that maybe first came through that, right? Um, yeah. So, how old are you? Uh, 38. 38, okay. So, yeah, I mean, I was probably like 17 maybe when I did that, and so then you yeah. would have been like 15 or something. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're kids. Right. And, and we're idiots. Absolutely. I mean, I was. I don't know if you were. Oh, I definitely was. I was an I'm idiot. still kind of working on it. <laughs> So, so just imagine having a bunch of arrogant teenage bastards talking to each other on the internet. Yeah. That's what yeah. we were doing. But yeah. we had some kind of common thread that we could always come back to. Sure. And so we, you know, we would work through things for the most part or try to. And, and man, that was fun and healthy. Yeah. So was. I'm thankful for it. Yeah. I didn't make any money doing any of those things. In fact, it cost me a lot of money. Because sure. I was having to pay for servers and host things and then, of course, all my own time. But uh, so fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I want to tell a little bit more uh, from my perspective, and I want you to like correct me on some. I will. Um, so from there, wrong. <laughs> from there, uh, then, then like you guys kind of came on the radar as a group, as Sackcloth Fashion, and then later your your work. I shouldn't say you guys. Like your work came on my radar as part of sackcloth fashion and then later uh with syntax records and then over the years i watched as that grew and morphed and the record industry was changing and sure. you were figuring out like how to navigate that you made some pretty smart moves i'm sure you probably made some goofy moves too nope um, none at all no all smart moves <laughs> um and then i remember like randomly like running into you and your brother coming out of recording studio owned by the record label oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I don't even know if it was a recording studio at that point. It might have been a, an office. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. But, Flickr, yeah. But then at that point, it seems like, if I remember correctly, you guys were starting to like acquire distribution rights and like the business was kind of changing. But sure. you were morphing with it. Uh, tell us a little bit. Romantic, gothic, unique, 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 unique. Take Take it, 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 take it,
distribution rights and like the business was kind of changing, but sure. you were morphing with it. And, uh, tell us a little bit about that whole process. And that. Yeah, so I, I just, I mean, it started with making music. I love making music. I love making things, so I love making music. And I had um, generated interest from people who were in the on the business side, and so they would. Uh, if I'm remembering that particular meeting, I, I don't remember what we were supposed to be accomplishing, but I feel like that label was interested in our services at that point. Okay. And I think they were kind of like, you know, like, could we hire you guys or, or you know, how can... Because a lot of these people were afraid of the internet. And so, so on the one hand, it was like this very transitional phase where um, we started on the internet yeah. and then we're moving to mass market mass market was trying to move towards the internet because the mass market still didn't right. understand how that all worked yeah but that was how we even created any sort of demand or any of that so i right. think those people were looking at this going oh my gosh how did you do that and can we can you help us and so yeah. i think that was a lot of it back then um just being um first in a lot of areas um yeah. Yeah. not even intentionally um I mean, it, it's it's a great story to act like you're so brilliant that you knew where everything was going to head and you did it all, <laughs> you know, strategically. But that's just not yeah, the case. Yeah. Uh, I think I've been very fortunate to make decisions that ended up being good decisions. But I don't. Sure. I, I and part of that is is that I am I'm extremely decisive, but not because yeah. I know the future. But I just pick a thing and go. This is what I'm going to do, and then I okay. dig in and go. Yeah. And. Uh, Sometimes that is the right thing to do, and sometimes it isn't. But um, the cool thing about arrogance is you never have to admit that it was the wrong thing to do, <laughs> <laughs> and you can just focus on you can focus on the uh, the good ones, right? Yeah. I mean, that's really the stuff that people remember, anyways. Uh, is the yeah. stuff that you did, and so yeah, we were doing deals with Apple before they were the richest company in the world. We were doing deals with Google, and uh, uh, Amazon and Facebook. Not Facebook. That's a new one, but. Uh, YouTube. Uh, I think we did our first deal with YouTube in 2006, and I think that was they were only a year old at that point. Yeah. So we've maintained yeah. that deal for 12 years now. Um, right. It's one of our best revenue streams, and awesome. and you've got people that are still just now coming on the scene trying to figure out how do I make money on YouTube right. and how does this work? And and it's like you know again we were just we were not getting paid from the people that owed us money so we were figuring out how to get paid from people who would pay us right. mp3.com for example yeah i was getting maybe a thousand dollars a month from them at a certain wow. point yeah. and that was when people that owed us more than a thousand dollars a month weren't paying us and mp3.com right. they didn't they don't care about us they yeah, yeah. they owe us nothing but they build something and you're just like whoa look at this upload an mp3 people can order a, a cdr or they can order your album it was incredible they'll burn it they'll do all the the yeah. pick pack and ship yeah and then they'll share um, the majority of the revenue with you this is incredible yeah and so yeah we put out an album like that and i think that's awesome to this day like that was still like opportunities like that were just never mind-blowing um and and I, I just think we were so early on the scene for so yeah. many things. I mean, even like sackcloth.com just turned twenty. Uh, I want to nice. say, or no, syntaxrecords.com. Sackcloth's like. Yeah, I was going to say sackcloth would be older. Yeah, I think that's twenty three years old or something. But but like again, so sackcloth was not the best Christian hip hop group of all time. Yeah. Um, but it was 
the first one maybe to have like a major internet presence and so yeah. I think that was to our advantage and yeah. so we use those or I use those I parlayed all of that because because Sackcloth was a lot of people and I, I don't think everyone that was a part of that was even thinking too far down the line sure. I think a lot of them were just trying to rap or yeah. or who knows maybe they were just trying to write a song for that season of life for that one year right. that they were interested in that right. but I was like interested in this for the long haul I was right. like I like music and I think it's a great tool so so yeah I um, <laughs> it's just several a series of fortunate events yeah yeah um, well and you guys really did harness that stuff well uh, I, I you probably actually even know what I'm gonna say if I say enough words um, like we looked at what you guys were doing online and we and we, the internet was like so new, like like you said, we were freaking kids, and like yeah, you know, I remember getting on CompuServe, like yeah, like the internet was like send out a carrier pigeon, it's gonna be faster at yeah. first, and yeah, and it, it kept getting better, and pretty soon it was like, well, you know, we were on GeoCities.com right when we met you guys, right, and uh, so then it was like, oh, wait, you can you can get a website right. yourself. Sure. And then at one point, this is the part where I was going to say you might know, like, we were trying to teach ourselves HTML because we went from GeoCities to having our own domain. And uh, at one point, we, like, stole your HTML just so we could get a frame because we didn't sure, know how sure. to make frames. Sure. Of course, nobody uses frames anymore. But at the time, that was hot. Yeah. Because you could have, like, the... Right, never leaving and yeah. just have it all. Right, right. And uh, we didn't know how to clean up the code and then... Uh, I think you you discovered that underneath the hood it said sackcloth fashion. Yeah, <laughs> we had to fix that. I actually ended up taking an HTML class, and uh, but then eventually we started having professionals redesign. Now we just use WordPress. But right, um, you know, right That's now hilarious. for us, I didn't even like, remember that. Oh really? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You you, uh, I mean, you were very friendly about it, but you you jokingly called me out on sent me a link it was like isn't this interesting what's in there and I was like oh crap what? <laughs> that's funny that happened um, I, that stuff would happen a lot not just that but there was a guy who stole like over and over our, like entire like graphics like just stuff that was straight up we yeah. designed it yeah, yeah. and you'd go somewhere and then it was like they just slapped their own thing on top of it and you're like come on dude um, but that would happen all the time um, but I mean, and I guess hip hop is a little bit like that yeah, too. Yeah. Um, but I think there is a difference between sampling and just inheriting an entire <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, so, since then, though, um, you know, at at some point, uh, your business has grown and changed, and uh, it's, you know, what what uh, what are you guys doing these days? So. Honestly, like, um, we're, I think we do a lot, but I think the main thing is we take copyrights and figure out how to generate money from them. I mean, I think that's the easiest way to put it. And I don't mean publishing, although that's certainly a a revenue stream. Um, But we're just, you know, again, using the YouTube example, um, 2006, no, you know, no one's thinking about you, like how to do that, and so we're, we're or MP3.com, and so making all that money. So I'm always trying to think of what is that next thing, and so again, I think 
well, for starters, our company was actually the first distributor slash aggregator to do a deal with Pandora, a direct deal. Because uh, before wow. that, Pandora was paying through uh, Sound Exchange and so on. Okay. So we're actually the first in the whole world to do a deal with them. And I think that's that's kind of the norm. We were the yeah. first. I don't know if we were the first with Facebook, but we were in the first batch. So if there were like six or ten, we were one of those. Wow. Um, yeah. So and that's just that's a common theme with us. Um, uh, Spotify. I did the deal with Daniel Ek, right? Like the yeah. guy that started Spotify. Awesome. I did it with him when it was just in Sweden. Yeah. Um, and because again, I think I look at it like everyone else is saying, you know, Spotify is the devil and, and uh, they're trying to kill us and all that. But I'm over here looking at this and I'm looking at what they're saying and I'm going, oh my gosh, this will be a lot of money in the future. Um, the ability to monetize India or places like that. Yeah. Just because I came from, I came from the era that everyone complains about still, but I feel like they forgot the work <laughs> that was involved in that. Sure. And so, yeah, I, I had worldwide distribution as a record label. What does that mean? That sounds amazing, but I was literally wrapping pallets with plastic wrap and filling out these these novels of customs forms for both US and Japan shipping it over on a boat and then it would get to Japan and then we would never get paid uh, and and I would just be like yay some kid in Japan has our CD but I never got paid so not only did I pay for the CD itself the production of the CD everything right. around that all the marketing of it and then the actual CD then the actual shipping and all of the the forms and all that I had to deal with but I was never getting paid anything so you're telling me that if I work with a, a streaming service in Japan, I won't have to do any of that work. All I have to do is send yeah. them a, a WAV file and then they're gonna send me some pennies. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, that's pennies I never had before. Right. And, and, and it's tangible data. Like, it's not just, you know, send 3,000 CDs and then, and then the company, the distributor says, oh, we didn't sell any or it didn't move that well. What does that mean? Yeah. Like, did it yeah. sell 300? And if so, where to? Because we want a tour. We want to yeah. tell me the city we sold the most. or But not, never having any of that kind of data and stuff. So, right. So yeah, we just... I'm constantly looking for that next thing. And, um, you know, we've lived through cassette, CD, download, and stream so far. And whatever's yeah. next. Yeah. Which I... I maybe this will now date me and maybe I will be the old guy in the music business but I I honestly can't imagine what would come after streaming right yeah <laughs> like a thing after that just seems absurd because to me streaming is there's no need for anything else um, with yeah. the CD and all that I, maybe people thought that way I can't imagine they did but um, but yeah well, I, I, th I think the ideas people had with CDs I mean I think they might have still felt like we kind of got there but the next innovation that I remember people talking about was like, oh, you should be able to go to a kiosk and pick the songs you want right, on the right, CD. Right, right. Like, that was the future. Right. And that was a good, great idea. But right. That was a very small window of time that that seemed like a great idea. Right, right. This, uh, yeah, I don't see where it goes after streaming. Yeah. yeah. Just, I think, if anything, it's just going to be the morphing of yeah. how that all shakes out in reality for people. Yeah. I, consumed. I mean, the, the changes are that there's more people making music yeah. Um, and so it's harder to get noticed yeah. and the the size of the market is the biggest it's ever been and it's only yeah. gonna only gonna get bigger so the strategy of um, marketing is, is a lot more complex and, and then again you know 
the idea of a Bible bookstore is a way to sort of um, carve out a little niche kind of space and then to even be like that's like big fish small pond stuff yeah. right yeah. so like if you're like a pretty good football player in a really small town like everyone thinks you're the man yeah but then that same guy goes to like a big city and he's just okay like no one ever thinks about that guy again and i think that's where the music business is at is okay. is uh, you used to be able to be the top rapper yeah. in the christian bookstore and that made you the man and now that same the man tries to put his music out on Spotify where every other rapper in the world, people that are far better than him um, and far better than he'll ever be, and he's not getting noticed there. And I think that guy is going to either die or um, learn how to adapt in ways that are either terrible and make him lose his way, or he'll be brilliant and he'll be able to adapt and and compete with anyone. Yeah. Um, as soon as he figures out the science of being in the same pool as everyone else and so on. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a different... I like it. I, I think it's leveled the playing field because you used to be able to be mediocre and get um, and, and get pretty far. Yeah. And uh, I just don't think that's going to happen anymore. But then, but then again, I would say all the people that are the top of the rap chart at this moment to me are mediocre so maybe maybe that's not accurate but I, I know there's a whole audience of people that think that that that's the best stuff that has ever happened so sure maybe that's just you know I you know admittedly I don't get it I really don't yeah. get it um, so well, I, th- I think it's almost it's a weird thing because uh, like I just saw you know a national poll put Taco Bell as the number one taco joint in the country uh, right and that totally makes sense it makes sense in because that's the one that everybody has exposure to and sure for some people that's the only taco they know yeah but we know there's mom and pop stores in yeah. every town just about in this country that have superior tacos to them yeah like there are great rappers this is one thing i've noticed the last couple of years being back on tour they're great rappers everywhere i go and i'll go to some places that you don't expect like i think i'm going to be the only rapper there and sometimes I am, and that's a good thing, actually, yeah. in, in those contexts. But um, yeah, sometimes there are way more talented rappers on the local scene or on sure. a regional scene, or just blazing their own trail, you know, right. their own lane. Um, it's kind of amazing, and the, the stuff that's rising to the top right now is is not necessarily that great. Yeah, it, but I also don't want to be bitter about it because no. people, you know, the, what people want to listen to. Sh- shifts and changes over yeah. time and I, I think that the people that are killing it right now are um, people that are well I would I would say it's it's sort of like from my era it's the hustler rap in the sense of the guy that actually was a pretty good rapper not great but was had a good like business mind or hustler yeah. mentality yeah. and so he was able to sort of navigate the business world or or be able to to sort of treat like the radio industry and the record industry the same way that you would rise in the mafia or being a drug dealer in your town or whatever sure so i think that those people of today are they're the um mafia of the algorithm like they're the people that know like this word is the word right now that's gonna get at the top of all the google searches or the spotify searches and and this is the thing that will, this is the, this will be what creates that viral moment that gets everyone to laugh and be on board and all that. Um, 
So I think like the people that are at the top right now are the people that just really, I mean, they're computer nerds. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. And so it used to be the hustler would make you win. So, so even in our era, it wasn't the best rappers that were necessarily rising to the top. I think a lot of people have forgotten and they try to pretend like skill was the main thing. And, and it was sure skill was in the mix. And I would say it is nowadays as well. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just different eras are going to have the thing that you're skilled at being, um, what helps you rise to the top and right now it's just if you're good at seo you're going to be a top musician right now yeah. like more than whether you sing or rap well and stuff and so and and again i, I so i don't want to act like this era is so different that you know the the worst people of all time are rising to the top i would say in in my era um people that were just as terrible for what we were doing or what we're rising to the top and, and in Christian music just the same like if if you knew if you knew the right buzzwords like it's it's just like pastors man like you know like if you um, do life together if you say intentionally like at the right time in your sermon or you say do life together or you just find those great <laughs> Christian phrases that have been yeah. coined or the yeah. like the latest book that's just tearing up the evangelical world if you use those words at the right time you're the pastor that's going to rise to the top of the evangelical world or whatever so it's it's that's not right, unique so. to rap it's yeah. it's every space has that going on and I mean we on a mission Got to make this world better Think at least twice before you respawn And be the red letter Put God first and family second And if you think you're already due Then you better be checking You need to be your wife's biggest fan An example to your children An upstanding citizen Jesus is the medicine Lights on like Thomas Edison Revolutions in its genesis Revelations at the premises But it's better late than ever Yo, cause never ain't no good, son Ain't no good Go give your family a big hug Tell them we've only just begun We've only just begun Relationships are just too hard, we should become yeah. nuns We've only just begun If I'm walking in God's will, Basically, someday I'll find like someone We've only just begun Sometimes I'm such a jerk, I wish I wasn't one Me too We've only just begun Worship God the Father and the redeeming Son Now I may not be the best man, understand that I'm the groom Elevate the relationship, married life it is not gloom Sometimes rough and hard to handle, but what you give you get more back So when you start to give it garbage, then everything goes back Many times I need to be checked, do y'all know what I mean? A woman needs love, they're not just made to cook and clean Why should she treat me like a king if I don't treat her like my queen? It's a long haul, but we won't fall if we focus on the sun Stick together side by side, we know we're close to done The way I see things from here, we've only just begun We've only just begun Relationships are just too hard, we should become nuns We've only just begun If I'm walking in God's will, someday I'll find someone We've only just begun Sometimes I'm such a jerk, I wish I wasn't one Yo Flynn, I guess I'm lucky, found my Miss Pioneer But now she's Mrs. Trudeau and the mother of my baby So you know she gets much kudos, sings songs probably just like Menudo It's that love that lasts forever, supports me through any weather Whether or not I'm making progress She treats me like a highness, out of all the women that I've met My woman is the finest, my problem's 31 And we've had a lot of fun I'm happy more than Gilmore, cause we've only just begun We've only just begun Relationships are just too hard, we should become yeah. nuns We've only just begun If I'm walking in God's will, someday I'll Many find someone 
Sometimes I'm such a jerk, I wish I wasn't one Worship God the Father and the Redeeming Son So, um, let's think, a couple questions that I that I, I like to ask um, Do you have a podcast or a book you've uh, read or listened to recently that you could recommend to a general audience? A general audience, meaning heathens? <laughs> sure yeah. Um, not, not yeah. Not necessarily Christian, but it's okay if it's Christian. But something that that might uh, be of interest to just people in general. Um. So two recent books that still stick out to me. Um, one is, I think it's called Conviction to Lead or something, or Conviction to yeah. Leadership. It's by Al Mohler, and. Um, it's he's a Christian and I think he's essentially writing to Christians but I think anyone could read it it's just if you run a company or if you if you're a dad like if you lead a home I mean like it's so good um, on leadership and and, um, it's just there's a lot going on in there so that one was really good I felt like I was by the time it was done I felt like I might have underlined the entire book and so it was like (laughs) there was no point in doing any underlining so now I might have to go back and highlight yeah. Since that did nothing, um, <laughs> and then another one is um, it's called Poverty of the Nations, okay. and it's a book by Barry Asmus, who's a um, economist professor, okay. and then um, Wayne Grudem, who's like I think he's an Old Testament uh, yeah, theologian so. professor, yeah. um, and so you have it. For, it's written by two people from two perspectives. One being um, basically just straight up math numbers and then the other one being you know like what does the bible say about these principles and so it's just it's a really good book on how or why the world is the way it is so like why maybe one country is wealthy and why another one is not and then how to help countries that aren't wealthy become wealthy um not wealthy as in rich but just wealthy as in resourced and able to trade and do everything that anyone else can do and help to climb out of you know, disease and all the other things that are going on in your country. And it, it ties it all to these very simple to understand principles. And I think it's also a good um, criticism of the church and how we handle this stuff. Um, Because, you know, just a quick example, um, like the typical church, you know, well, we're in San Diego right now. So we're always, churches in San Diego are always looking at churches in TJ, like, uh, Let's send them a trash bag full of used clothes that aren't that great. Uh, wow, we're so great. Look at what we did. And, um, and what that does is a few things. One is you're, th- you're giving them your throwaway, so is it really that great? You know, right. number one. Number two, um, the entrepreneur in TJ who's trying to start a t-shirt company can't sell his t-shirts because you keep giving t-shirts away, so you've decreased the value of t-shirts in general. Right. If I can get t-shirts for free, then I'm not going to buy them. And so now you're putting out the textile industry of TJ. You're putting it out of business. And so now the guy that has that and then had, say, 15 employees that were helping him, T-shirt designs, the actual pressing of the shirts, maybe the person that actually sews and cuts the shirts. Like, you're just, you're killing the economy down yeah. there yeah. by being, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, charitable, right? Like, you're yeah. actually... You think you're being charitable, but you're actually destroying the economy, and you're actually holding them down and yeah. keeping them poor. And so, this book basically just wow. goes over the principles of how how we could actually help 
TJ or anywhere else right. out. Um, so I think it's fantastic. Um, wow, that's really good stuff. Man. Yeah, it's it's a it's one of the best books I've read in a long time. Um, on that, and and again, there's far better ways to do it if someone doesn't want to read. There's there's a there's a DVD or there's a film on Netflix called Poverty Cure. Different people, same concept. Okay. Um, when Helping Hurts is another book that's shorter. It's the same concept. Different people. It's all the same stuff, and it's basically just people who understand economics, trying to help, not just Christians, but people like that you know Tom Shoes or people like that yeah, who, yeah. you know, this guy. Look, the the intention is fantastic, yeah. right? Like, oh my gosh, I want to help people that that don't have nice shoes, so I buy this and then send a free pair, and then in the end, you're again destroying the guy that makes shoes, right? Um, and the guy that had hired people in the village and. Uh, and so it's the same concept. So it's yeah. not just for Christians. Yeah. It's just people who seriously care about um, helping people out of poverty. Yeah. So those are my two right now. I mean, again, and, really and I read them not even like I, I would just say in the last two or three years. But everything I've read since has really been like just okay. Okay. So that's why I keep going back to those two. That's good. That's good. I'm going to definitely look those up. Uh, I, I'm particularly interested in that story on the poverty thing. Um, because I, I have had an opportunity to be involved in some things uh, here and there. And at one point I realized, um, I think I talked to somebody that, that's what it was. I talked to somebody who actually does work in Haiti. Right. Uh, around the time I was helping pack rice-based meals to and send so to Haiti. And so you learned what the rice actually destroyed yes. not only their economy, but yeah. their health. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. So you should just, if you have Netflix, just go watch Poverty Cure. Okay. It'll blow your mind. Yeah, I'm going to do that for sure. That's a good one. Um, now, you live in San Diego, and uh, many years ago you took me to this gnarly uh, burrito place in, I want to say, Lemon Grove. Do you know okay. what I'm talking about? Um, well, if it was the one that was by our studio, then yeah. 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 yeah, you remember that? I, I mean, it, it would if it's in Lemon Grove, it'd have to be <laughs> it would Rosarito's. Have to be that one. Yeah. What kind of what kind of Mexican food do you eat? What, if you um, go to a Mexican restaurant, what do you eat? So, so there's a few things going on. Um, <laughs> so what I like to do is I like to try the staples first to kind okay. of rate the place. So, yeah. um, I always have to try the carne asada no matter what. Okay. Um, whether like that's that. the classic burrito or just carne asada like the yeah, plate yeah. version. Yeah. Um, so I need to know where they're coming from. So I try the meat okay. and then the beans, the refried be uh, beans. Okay. And from there on, then it can go so many different directions that, you know, there's this place has better tortillas, that place has better rice. Like all that stuff is all yeah. over the place. But I feel like if you don't have, uh, it would be like if you go to a coffee shop, but but like you're trying to rate it by their pesto egg breakfast sandwich. Right. It's like, no, d the coffee. Yeah, so yeah. for me, yeah. the coffee of a taco shop is... Um, is either the carne asada or the beans, but those two areas. Okay. Um, and then from there I can do whatever. But but like San Diego is, I think, really big on rolled tacos. Um, yeah. I think we kind of are, I think we kill it on that. I mean, you can get those in other places. You can even buy them at Costco, even if you live in probably Virginia. Yeah, and everywhere yeah, else yeah. they call them taquitos. Right. Um, but uh, do, do you feel like that's become more of a thing over the last decade or so? Or has it always been? So... My entire life, uh, Mexican food has been popping in San Diego, Roll Tacos, yeah. all of it. But um, I, I will say that I've seen it spread out from San Diego. Okay. Like when I go to other towns, I'll see a taco shop and I'll go in there. And it's usually not as good, but it's yeah. usually like 
moving in the right direction and I'm just always blown yeah, away by that yeah. because you know otherwise it was always Taco Bell when I was out of town sure um, so yeah I've been super impressed with um, the migration of the taco <laughs> shop um, I, I do think um, again I mean I'm coming you know LA the Bay Area yeah. like I've been to taco shops and I do think that San Diego is special yeah. and I think there's a reason for that I actually think that you know because I've been deep in Mexico as well yeah and I say that the best food is in San Diego the best Mexican food is in San Diego and I used air quotes for Mexican because obviously the most Mexican food you could have would be in Mexico <laughs> right. itself but I think maybe a little bit there is a um sort of a, a merging that has occurred in San Diego between the indigenous food of Mexico, okay. which carne asada is not a part of that, like beans and rice and corn tortillas. Like there's no flour tortillas deep right. in Mexico. Right, right. So San Diego is taking the best of Mexico and then all these other cultures that have also settled here yeah. and they've made something that we call Mexican food here that I think is the best Mexican food. Um, so yeah, that's... I And then from... From there, it's all spread out. I think just yeah. the fact that we're right on the border has oh, yeah. something special going on. Because Los Angeles is cool, and 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 there's some good spots up there. But I, I have never like every spot that's like one of the better ones here has crushed every every other spot I've ever been to. Whether it's in yeah. New Mexico, sure. Texas, places where there's a lot of Hispanics, it still has crushed those places. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hate Texas Mexican food. I'm just really? being, I'm just being honest. Oh man. Texas makes me angry. <laughs> they they like you eat your burrito with a fork and a knife and that's like that that is criminal. You're supposed to hold your burrito in your hands like a baby. <laughs> like a baby. And and yeah. the the word bur burrito is actually uh, burro, donkey. Yeah. And and you know it's it's the if you ever look at that picture of the donkey with the blanket where they put their stuff in and they wrapped it up real nice and then they they kind of tow it on the donkey yeah and so that stuff's not meant to be like delicately touched and, and on a plate with your silverware it's like you carry it the donkey's carrying it why can't you carry it i can feel um, you on that so anyways yeah it, it really bothers me when they pour sauce on the burrito you don't and, like a good wet burrito oh my gosh it makes me angry Man. Yeah, like I, I like green sauce. I like I like enchiladas. I like all of that, but it's that's an enchilada. It's not a burrito. That's a, that's a good point. That is an enchilada. At some point, you start blurring the distinction. Yeah, and there's no no standard yeah. of truth anymore. Right, right. And I guess some people might argue, well, well, then you know, how do you work out carne asada fries or California burritos and all that? And, and yeah. I'd say that's fair, but at least it I'm still holding it in my hand. Um, oh, true. And true. and look, potatoes is not like an American thing necessarily. Like, right. like Hispanics have been blending uh, potato and ground beef together to make their tacos to to save money for ever. For like yeah. way before California burritos ever existed, potatoes were already inside a taco. So this isn't like yeah. a they even have potato roll tacos. This isn't like a, oh, and everyone a thinks point. like um, you know. But again, that blending of hey, that's a good idea, and mixing those things together, but. But I would just, I would not include soaking a burrito on the good list. Okay. <laughs> on the good idea list. I would say that's a tragedy. It's on, the, it's on the bad list. It could get you on the naughty list. Yeah. That's good. All right. What, so what are some uh, socials or links that you'd like to share um, that people should go to? Oh, um, Facebook.com. <laughs> you can actually interact with friends and family on there. That's cool. That's a great plug. Yeah. Uh, myspace.com slash 
No, I'm, um, I'm, I'm on everything at Rock Domes, which is R-O-C-D-O-M-Z. So the first O technically has the line over it, but I don't write it like that. But yeah, Rock Domes, okay. I'm on everything um, out there, except for the ones I hate. Yeah. So Texas Mexican food lovers.com. <laughs> no, I'm not on like you're not you're not on Google Plus. I might be, but from what I understand, I they just shut it down. Yeah. yeah, but I'm not like I'm not on Snapchat um, because as soon as uh, Kylie, whatever her name is, was off, I'm like I'm off too. Then yeah, no, that totally makes sense. No, that I, was a letdown. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, I I so Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. But Twitter is really what I love. Um, I mean, they've, like everything that was great at one time, they've definitely screwed it up and made it not nearly as enjoyable with a lot more ads and me seeing a lot less of the things that I actually want to see. Yeah. For example, people that I actually clicked follow on that I want to see. Yeah. I don't see a lot of those people anymore because they determined that I don't want to see them and I'd rather <laughs> see ads about who knows what. So, yeah, I'm there sure. and I actually... For the most part, I genuinely interact on those. Um, okay. I enjoy it far more than text messaging or chat rooms or yeah. listservs. Yeah. You, you were the first one, I think, to introduce me to um, instant messaging and ICQ. And, oh, man. Uh, oh, if, man. And if not you, definitely the listserv community. And uh, I'm on ICQ at 169-1317. Wow. I think mine was 108 something, but I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that that was like the precursor to texting. Uh, absolutely. And now everybody texts. It's those everyday were, life. Even those were great. Yeah. So. Well, um, she's doing great, by the way. I just texted her before this. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. We were a little worried that yeah. night, but she's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, for for my stuff, uh, Royal Ruckus or at Royal Ruckus official. You'll have to figure out which is which. Uh, we got a new record out right now, The World's Okayest Rapper. You can go to worldsokayestrapper.com. That will help you find the music on all the things. All the things. All the things. And uh, we could use some uh, five-star reviews, both on the podcast and on the record. It, it helps people find it. Thank you for those of you that have done reviews so far. Uh, if you want to do one star, please don't. Thanks. Appreciate it. Um, other than that, I have one last question for you. Um, what is a transformative, perhaps the best, rap song of all time? So I'm going to automatically exclude anything that I've ever personally been involved in, um, <laughs> either directly or indirectly. You don't have to, but... I will. Um, you can respect your liberty. There's a song by Royce to 5'9 called Life. Okay. Uh, a. Marie's on the hook. And... Um, I just really like it. It's it's just him writing to his son. Like, basically, it's him doing his best to explain what life is all about and the things that his son should care about and and so on. And, and sometimes I listen to that song and I think, man, that's more Christian hip-hop than most Christian hip-hop. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a good one. I want to tell you something. Listen. Yo. Lil Royce, nickel nine, eyes wide with sight With a future as bright as the light in the eyes of Christ Ready to take on the world and whatever's in it 
proofread, sign and seal whatever you finish. I can only leave you while you on your quest for knowledge. I'ma teach you to have sense and to respect the dollar. Hope for the best and you'll see your world will be solid. I'ma teach you the truth, even behind worldly logic. This is cut and dry. Days is bright, nights is dark. Gonna, this is really stupid, but why would I do that? <laughs> I, I never. I try to never say stupid things. Yeah. I used to have, it might even still be there, on my Twitter bio I used to say, I try not to be a stupid idiot. Yeah, it's it's just too, it's it's that low-hanging fruit, like every time, you can just go right after that thing where you're just like, the absurd is, is so fun. You are good at that. So immature though. Well, dude, I appreciate you being on. Thank you for your time. This is life. What up? Check it out. I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. Back, back, back in the fact. We bring you back. But I'm still catching wreck John Jay's in the house and he's back in the fact Check it out I'm going, going Back, back to Cali, Cali Back, back, back in the fact Bring you back Check it out.